After a brief hiatus, it's good to be back for the Colgate Raider Report podcast. This is Eric Malinowski. The topics today, women's softball and women's lacrosse. Let's get right to it. Talking to one of the star players for the Colgate softball team, Megan Romero. Megan, first of all, describe your mindset going to the plate in the ninth inning with two on, two out, a tied game against Siena, a game that Colgate ended up winning by one. Just talk about your mindset stepping up to the plate in that pressure situation, Megan. I just uh, went in there the same as I, the same way I normally do. Try not to put too much pressure on myself, even knowing the situation. You know, if I get a hit and score this run, then game's over, of course. But uh, I try not to put too much pressure on myself because that's when I tend to, you know, overthink things. And then the success doesn't come with that. So just went up there like I do usually, zoning in on the pitcher, just looking for a pitch that I can square up. Is that easier said than done, Megan? Could you have done that as a freshman? Because it's easy to say, let's make not too big of a deal out of this at-bat or this game, even though it might be a playoff game or something like that. I would assume that statement is easier said than done. It definitely is easier said than done, but I think over the years I've uh, been able to calm myself a little better, calm the nerves. My dad was always a big person that would tell me, you know, it's just another softball game. You've played thousands of these in your life. Like, it's just another one. There's no reason to get nervous, which obviously still is easier said than done. (laughs) But, you know, you try to keep the nerves calm and hopefully it helps, but sometimes they do get the best of you. Talking to Megan Romero on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Tell us about the pitch you saw where you delivered the game-winning single. What were you expecting from the pitcher, and is that what you got? I try not to expect things or guess what the pitcher might throw me. Just try to look for a pitch that I feel that I could drive, and you know, it was an inside pitch about waist high, so it was a good pitch for me to turn on and hopefully uh, get a hit so that uh, Christiana from second could score. Did you know it was getting through as soon as you made contact? No, I actually hit it and was a little worried and then um, started running. And once I hit first, I actually turned around and saw Christiana score. So then I immediately just started running back to the dugout. And my coach was like, no, Megan, you're safe. And I was like, I know, but the game's over. <laughs> what is it like moments after a game-winning hit, Megan? Describe the feeling. It was actually a little, because the hit didn't feel as great as I, like, in order to have the game-winning hit, it was a little, I don't know, not so exciting, I guess. But it definitely still is a good feeling to know that I hit that, and then that was the reason that the run scored and we won the game. So it was still a little bit exciting. But I think the league games is where it comes to, a little, not to undermine the weekday games, but, you know, it's great that we got the win, got the doubleheader sweep, of course. So it's a good feeling. Yeah, Megan, did fatigue set in for Game 2 against Siena, or did the feel-good win from Game 1 give you guys some energy into the nightcap, or were you guys pretty tired in Game 2? No, I think it definitely gave us some momentum to go into Game 2. You know, whenever you win the first game, it does give you a little bit of momentum and confidence going into the second game, saying, you know, we just beat them. We can definitely do this again as long as we keep hitting the ball, we keep doing the things that we need to do in order to win, then the wins will come. Chatting with Megan Romero on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Most wins for Colgate softball since 2011. Why is this team the most successful one you have been on since you arrived at Colgate, Megan? Why do you feel this is? I definitely think that the culture of our team has taken a big turn. You know, we're all out here working really hard. Marissa and Amanda, our coaches, have definitely helped us out immensely. The things that they've implemented into us and new things that they've taught us 
have definitely helped us. And, you know, it's just taking it one game at a time. If you want, lose one, you know you got to bounce back and win the next one. And we've been, you know, when we have double headers, if we lose one, we're normally pretty good at coming back and winning the second one. So it's just the mindset, I think, is really big for us in not getting too down on ourselves, but then bouncing back and winning the next one. Great picture of you and Coach Fazio sharing a laugh on the GoColgateRaiders.com website after you got on base during the course of the season. What's it like to play for under Coach Fazio? Let's start with her and then discuss what makes your head coach, Marissa Lamas and Meyer, so effective. Yeah, playing under both of them, so to start with Amanda, is great. You know, Amanda brings... They both bring, you know, a very fun, energetic side, and they make softball, you know, fun, which it should be. I mean, you definitely want to win games, but it should be enjoyable while you're doing it. And they definitely both bring out that aspect, that picture that you're talking about. I got on first base, and she was like, welcome to first base, because I hadn't had a hit in a while. And so, you know, kind of joking with us, too. And even when we are doing bad, it's kind of like you have to accept that, you know, our game is 70% failure. And I think... They recognize that we're not always going to be at our best, but they're always willing to, you know, they're helping us out to, in order to get the next hit or to make the next out, whatever it is that we need to do. And Marissa also says, you know, if you can't laugh about it after the fact, then, you know, there's no way you're going to get over it. So, like, try not to hold the bad things. Don't let them weigh you down, but you know, you got to let them out and then in order to be successful the next time around. It's always got to feel good to play at home, especially after you guys had to wait so long to play at Eaton Street Field this season. But saying that, it has to be even more special, Megan, because of the success. Five home wins already. You know, getting to close out at home, you know, all of our games at home, which it does, it is unfortunate that we had to wait so long, but it is nice knowing that. We don't have to be on the road right now. We get to close out the rest of these games at home, and then hopefully we'll be away for the tournament. But definitely going to enjoy these last couple games at home for me. 350 Bain average, what has led to your overwhelming success at the plate this season? Staying confident. You know, sometimes you fail a lot, and you got to kind of just brush those off and remain confident at the plate. Uh, always go in there with a clear mind and not trying to overthink things, not trying to be the big person that gets the big hit all the time. It's just, you know, going up there and doing the little things that you can do in order to help out your team and in order to be successful. Lead the team in doubles as well with 14. Concerted effort to hit a double, or are they just a byproduct of good at bats? I'm not the speediest person on the team, so, you know, it's not something where I can stretch out the doubles myself, so I do need to hit the ball pretty well in order to get those doubles. There are other people that are quicker that can stretch out maybe a single for me can be a double for them but I don't have that kind of speed unfortunately (laughs) you know they are always good hits but sometimes you can stretch them a little more do you like hitting in the second slot and if so why yes I do I mean it doesn't I don't really have a preference I guess where I hit in the lineup it doesn't matter to me I'm gonna still go up there and do the same thing go up there with the same attitude and mentality but I've batted in the two spot um for most of my life for quite a few teams that I've played on. So I definitely am comfortable in that spot. What attracted you to the position of second base in softball? Oh gosh. I don't know. I guess my dad was also a big person of, I have to know how to play everywhere on the field. So I always, you know, took grounders at every infield position, took fly balls in the outfield. And I guess it's just the position that um, coaches ended up putting me at and that suited me best. And so I've kind of been there, since I was, what, 12 maybe? So I've kind of stuck it out this whole time. 
Doubleheader on Wednesday against Siena, and then another doubleheader Saturday against Patriot League rival Lafayette. Lots of rest for you in between, Megan. Does it take a little longer for the body to recover now that you're a veteran, now that you're a senior? It definitely does. Uh, sometimes the body's feeling it a little more in game two than it is in game one, and I might be moving a little slower, but uh, it definitely does take a little bit longer, and my parents always joke with me, and they say that I'm you know, being a baby or whatever, but it, it definitely does take a toll on your body after a while, but you know, we make it happen. I'm, I'm there for every game and going to keep going strong for these last few. Let's switch our focus to academics. What does it take to be a good student here at Colgate University, Megan? I think time management is a huge thing. Uh, you got to learn how to obviously balance the athletics and the academics and figure out when you're going to have time to do uh, work and when you can squeeze in certain things, like you might have 20 minutes in your day to do something, so you might find yourself doing a reading for a class that you need to do or studying for your test, but using those little bits of time that you have um, can go a long way, and especially the sleep part, time management. Sleep comes with time management, so getting in enough sleep in order for you to be successful, I mean, both on and off the field. Plans after graduation, or is that a developing situation still? Still a developing situation. Uh, Hoping to get something sooner rather than later, but still developing. Have you put in any thought West Coast, East Coast, or it's whatever you decide upon doing, or you definitely want to get back to the West Coast? I'm open to going just about anywhere I need to in order for a job. I'm applying to things all over, so wherever I can get a job, is that's where I'll end up. Megan, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you very much. That is Colgate softball star Megan Romero on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. We're going to stay on the topic of softball here at Colgate University. Thank you so much to Megan Romero, one of the star players for the Raiders. Now we're going to talk to head coach Marissa Lamison-Myers right here on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. What a game against Siena. Well, it was a doubleheader sweep, but game one taking a lot of the attention. The way you guys won that one, coach. Tell the listeners out there how your team was able to get the job done in game one. It took nine innings, coach, but the Raiders did emerge victorious. Yeah, so uh, credit has to go to Caitlin Bruso in the circle for us. She continued to fight each top half of, of the innings to give our offense opportunities to fight back and score the winning run. Without her being able to manage their offense, I don't think we come out with a victory. And so I'm really impressed and really happy with the way she performed in that long nine-inning game. And, you know, finally there at the end, <laughs> Megan uh, came up with a, an infield hit and we squeaked a run pass. Do you think that goes back to the old adage, as you mentioned, the great pitching performance by a freshman coach? Do you think that goes back to the old adage as a freshman doesn't know any better, they don't feel the pressure because they're just out there having fun, they don't know the importance of the situation really, or do you attribute her success to something else? You know, I really think her attitude and her mindset, when we put her in the game, she knew it was hers, hers to come back and help us win. And I think that's what helped. She, you know, she's hit a little rut and um, uh, the past couple weeks, and this was her first real good outing since, I believe, Albany. So I think she had the mindset that she was going to keep us in the game and keep their hitters at bay to allow our offense to do what it does best. So, yes, I think it was the, you know, not feeling as much pressure, 
But I think what she was able to do with with holding them at that three-run mark for the majority of the game was her saying, hey, I got this. Give me the ball and I'm ready to go. You mentioned Megan's game-winning hit. How important has Megan Romero's play been to this overall team success this year? (laughs) She has been one of the largest parts of our success. You know, I call her my Mr. Reliable. I feel like at at any moment in the game when she steps into the box, she can change the game with one swing of the bat. She's the one that we look to to kind of charge our offense. I was so happy to see her be successful yesterday. She had a rough weekend against Holy Cross, and I think our scoring and our our hitting, our you know, our production kind of reflected that. So it's it's one of those. She's the pulse of our offense and. When when she goes one for three, two for three, two for four, it's typically a good day for our offense in terms of our production. I have been so impressed with the way she's grown over the past two years, going from hitting 100 her sophomore year to now where she's at as a senior. She is a true, the true MVP true valuable player that's on our squad right now. After that emotional game one win, Coach, what was the game two win like? Uh, you know, I think... It's funny to talk about it, but I think we were all a little disappointed. We jumped up 5 nothing, and I think we kind of relaxed too much. And we didn't keep the pressure on. And we were able to squeak out uh, a few more runs, but that was only after they, they came back and scored and made the game uh, a 5-3 game. It was nice to see our bats kind of wake up a little more, but I was I was hoping for a little bit more consistency I think we could have made it a short game, but we kind of took the foot off the gas pedal a little. So we're, we're going to work on that today in preparation for Lafayette. Does it affect the way you coach an extra innings game, knowing that there's another one after that one? No, uh, we put everything on the line. I used everyone but one person. Typically when I see that the, the game is going uh, extra innings, I try to hold on to one person, one position player, just in case. It was all hands on deck. We'll win game one, and then we worry about game two when game two is ready to start. So, you know, it was all hands-on, and uh, almost everybody got in the game all but one, but that's strategic purposes. Um, I have to hold on to one body, and, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how we work it. Talking Colgate softball with head coach Marissa Lamison-Myers on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Coach, what do you attribute this year's success to? It's been a long time since Colgate softball has had a year like this. You know, all the credit goes to the team. They are bought in. They put forth the effort and the work day in and day out starting in the fall. They are the ones who decide if we're going to be successful or not, in my opinion. They've really done what I've asked them to do. They've stepped up when they needed to step up. It almost seems like the pressure really doesn't save them. As some teams, sometimes it ha- you know it affects them, and I feel like this team is really special in a sense that they want to be the ones to change the culture and change the face of Colgate softball and uh, they're doing that right now and I think they embrace that challenge and it's a real team effort our lineup two through eight all have home runs this year you know when you have that kind of power throughout your entire lineup that's something really special yeah leading the patriot league in home runs and doubles coach did you feel that you had the roster coming into this year that could lead the league in these categories i don't know if you ever feel that way my expectations were high for our offense i think they really embraced our our offensive mindset and attacking the ball 
it's contagious. Once somebody starts doing it, it's contagious and they all want to jump on the train. I think they are exceeding my expectations offensively, and I couldn't be prouder or happier of them. Did you expect this type of production from freshman Morgan Farah and Rebecca Johnson? To be honest, I expected it from them. They are two gamers. You know, they came from very competitive summer ball teams where the pressure and the stakes were very high. And so I knew that they were going to bring an extra flavor to our squad. And they really, really have have hit my expectation level. And I think sometimes they, they are disappointed if they don't exceed or go higher than, than anticipated. But having those two be impacts at such a young age is really refreshing for us. What challenges does Lafayette present this weekend, Coach? I think they're going to be scrappy. I think they're going to be tough. You know, they're going to be tough to get out offensively. I know their numbers don't really screen that. I think they're going to scrap. You know, we hold our our fate in our own hands, and Lafayette really has nothing to lose at this point. So, I, you know, they're they're going to come out swinging. That's kind of our scouting report on them is, you know, so we have to make good pitches and play really good defense. And, you know, I think it's going to be another another tight weekend. Will you address to the team, Coach, not to look past the Leopards with a big series against Lehigh looming large? No, we take it one game at a time. So right now all we're focused on is the top of the first this Saturday. We want to win the top of the first, and then we play every half inning as its own individual game. And we go from there. The furthest thing from our mind right now is Lehigh. We are worried about the top of the first against Lafayette, and then we'll go from there. How big would it be to qualify for the Patriot League tournament for this Colgate softball squad? I don't even think I have words to describe how big it would be. This team set out on a mission and put forth this goal, and to be able to achieve it would be huge. I want nothing more than for these seniors to experience what the tournament feels like in the atmosphere. I think they've earned it and they deserve that opportunity. And, you know, I think with qualifying for the tournament sets forth a new era in Colgate softball. And that's what we're looking to do. How's the health of the team, Coach, heading down the final stretch? We, knock on wood, we are very healthy. We got our shortstop back a couple weeks ago. She had a concussion. So we, knock on wood, are very healthy right now. It's really all about maintaining you know, making sure we're doing the right things at practice and, and off the field and, and go from there. Saying that, Coach, what's the schedule like between the Wednesday Siena doubleheaders? We're taping this interview on Thursday, so it depends when mm-hmm. someone is out there listening to this. So I'm going to date it right now for the listeners out there. So we're taping this on Thursday. You played the doubleheader yesterday against Siena mm-hmm. and then another doubleheader coming up Saturday against Lafayette. So What's the schedule like when you only have a couple days in between back-to-back doubleheaders? You know, they were supposed to lift this morning. I gave them off, let them sleep in and and recharge their batteries. We're going to go at it tonight for practice. And depending on on the weather, (laughs) it's not looking great. But tomorrow we're going to swing. We'll swing throughout the day. And Fridays are typically light days before we play. You know, that's how we, we like to run things. 
So we'll go hard tonight. We'll, we'll go light Friday in, pre- in preparation to play Saturday. Coach, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Marissa Lambison-Myers, head coach of Colgate Softball on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. My topic on the Colgate Raider Report podcast right now is women's lacrosse, talking to one of the stars of the women's lax team, Tara Atkinson. Tara, before we talk about the season, how much success you guys are having and how much success you are having, let's first of all talk about the life of a student athlete. We're taping this on Thursday, so just take the listeners through your schedule. What's a typical Thursday like, Tara? I know you said you just got done with practice, but tell us, how does Thursday look for you? Thursdays are actually a bit busy lacrosse-wise, but not really as much school-wise. I have class. I usually wake up pretty early in the morning. I do my do a little bit of homework. Then I have class at 9.55 till about 11.10. And usually on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we lift at 11.30, 12 o'clock. So today we actually practice because we're leaving to go to Lafayette uh, later at 4.30. So we practice instead, but we'll lift usually from 12 to 1. And then I have the rest of the afternoon to have lunch, do a little bit more work, and then get to locker room probably around 3.30, then practice 4.30 to 6.30, dinner, and then more work. Pretty busy day, not really involving a lot of school, but that's where I get a lot of my schoolwork done. Second straight hat trick against Loyola, Maryland. I know not the result you wanted, but let's discuss your offensive success against the mm-hmm. Greyhounds. What led to your three-goal performance, do you feel? You know, Loyola is a great, great team, and it's always fun to play against them. Every year, I love playing against the competition. And I think, really, what drives I think me playing against a good team like that is I, I enjoy scoring against them. <laughs> My teammates really gave me the ball. I got on the on the eight meter line. I scored off two of them on three positions, and then the last one in a fast break. So really, we were we were pushing it hard. We were moving the ball down the field, and we were making stops on the defensive end. And then I ultimately got to put the ball in the back of the net. But really, just people moving the ball fast, and and then also them fouling us <laughs> and getting on the eight meter. What makes Loyola Maryland such a challenge, Tara? What makes them so good? You know, they they came into the Patriot League, I think, six years ago, and they have not lost a regular season game. So it's hard to, you know, be that other team that's coming in and really trying to beat their 50-0. I think they're 51-0 in league. And I just think that they are definitely a beatable team. So that's why it's always fun to play them. I think really our, our scores against them really reflect how we have the possibility of when we get the ball on the offensive end, like we can put the ball in the back of the net. And for them, it's really us. I mean, we did awesome on defense, I think, even in that game. We limited them. I mean, it was 17 goals, but that's better than a lot of the other Patriot League teams. But also, they're a fast team, so it's kind of hard to keep up with them when they have, like, a whole bench of them. But honestly, I always think they're beatable. I think that they have a lot of talent and skill on their team, but it's always fun to play. And you know what? They've lost the past two years in the championship, the Patriot League championship, so you never know. Talking to Tara Atkinson of the Colgate women's lacrosse team, how important is it to get this win on the road against Lafayette heading into the Patriot League tournament? I think it's huge. I think that, you know, coming off two big losses, I think our past two games, we really want that momentum going into whoever we're going to be playing on Sunday. And I think, you know, this away game on a third, on a Friday against Lafayette, um, possibly in a rainstorm, we're not sure. Uh, it's 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 going to be a... It's going to be a tough one because, you know, they're going to come out. They're going to play their hardest. It's their last game of the season as well. And I think that it's going to give us a lot of momentum going into whoever we're playing on Sunday. And I think that if we play play fast and we play our game, like, 
we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna come out on top. What was it like, Tara, to recently surpass 100 career points? Oh my gosh, it was fun. You know, being on the team for four years and and. Playing on the offense is always fun. And I think that, you know, the 100 points is such a big milestone. You know, Madeline Barsha also just hit 100 career ground balls. And it's always, it's always fun to hit those milestones because you know that you've been re- working really hard to get to this point and you're being rewarded and, and you're putting the ball in the back of the net, making assists and all that. And that, to me, is the most fun part about it. You know, celebrating with your team, you know, scoring those goals. And I just, I mean, being a senior on the team, it's always, it's always fun to, you know, end your career, you know, beating those milestones. And what was it like to clinch a berth in the Patriot League tournament? Or were you guys kind of expecting that so it wasn't a big deal? Or anytime you make it to the Patriot League tournament, it's a big deal, Tara. Uh, it's always a big deal. Uh, my sophomore year, we didn't make it in, and it was the most devastating thing. And really, you know, coming off our, our, our non-league games, we weren't really that successful. And it was one of our biggest goals that when we came out and we played Navy, in our first Patriot League game, that we were going to, like, this is a different season. Different season starts today. And so even though we came in, I don't even remember our record, not the record we wanted to coming into the Patriot League, coming in and beating the teams like Holy Cross and Bucknell and, and everyone, American even, and Lehigh, I guess, too. All of those wins, I think, really, really pushed us to think that, yeah, we can do it. We can get into the Patriot League. So I think in the beginning, people were like, you know, what's Colgate going to be like being ranked fifth coming into it? And we were like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to prove them wrong and we're going to get there. And it's always, it's always, always exciting getting into the tournament because it's a completely, completely different game once you get into that, because you know, it's, it's elimination. So once you lose, you're out. It's something that like, we always, always hope to get into, you know, obviously we wish we got a home game, but I'm, I'm really excited, you know, senior year getting into the tournament and seeing what we can do from there. Colgate recently had their breast cancer awareness game. What does that game mean to you? Oh, I love that game. It's my favorite because not only do we go out there and we wear the pink and the socks and the headband, you know, the other team, whoever we're playing, they also do it. So we we always give them a pair of socks and headbands, and and they don't come out. And it just, it kind of unites us as women to come against a cause that's, you know, bigger than ourselves. And it's, and it's, it's always exciting because everyone gets into it. You know, we selling t-shirts and we're wearing pink, the eye black and everything that we're wearing. And I just, I love that game because I love how we stand out wearing pink and we show to everyone else, like to the rest of the NCAA, to the world, I guess, that we're here and we're fighting, we're fighting for that breast cancer too. And, you know, for people who have, who have family members who have been through it, you know, it's special to them. So it's special to me as well. So I think that's huge. Now that you are here, what's it like being a senior at Colgate University? Oh, oh my goodness. It's it's weird because everyone tells me, oh, it's going to go by so quick. <laughs> and I sit here and I laugh because I look back at all the, all the hard times and when I thought everything was going slow and, you know, not being able to go home in the spring at all because we're in season. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm here. I have two, three, four more games left. I don't even know. It's crazy, to be honest. But, you know, it's, I don't even think I would be able to say who I am without saying that I was a Colgate, Colgate varsity athlete here because there's so there's so much that encompasses that and and just what what we've been through as a team individually to to play four years of sport here at Colgate I think that's a feat in, on, in its own so honestly it's it's crazy that it's me now but 
I'm happy to have done it. When did you have an idea growing up that you were good enough to play Division One women's lacrosse? Oh, my gosh. When did I think so? Well, I started playing when I was in kindergarten, I think. <laughs> really, the first time I knew that I could play Division One was my older sister. She's about four years older than me, and she had committed to go to, to play at Davidson College down in North Carolina. And really, when she got that phone call from the coach that said they wanted her. I think I was a freshman in maybe eighth grade, and I was like, that's going to be me. That's going to be me. I'm going to be playing just like her. So really, she opened up my eyes. You know, In my high school, not many people really went to college to play lacrosse. And then since, since my sister's age, I think everyone really saw how, how successful you can be out of high school. And so after that, I mean, we had a ton of people going places and playing somewhere. And, and I really think it opened up a lot of a lot of people's eyes, myself, that, you know, we can play Division One. With Coach Bevel taking over as interim head coach, how did the team react and how has Coach Bevel been? I definitely want to say it was a shock to start. Uh, it's hard to, you know, really transition from from what you were doing all fall to a completely different uh, coaching um, mentality. But really, in the past couple games, I think it took us a while to, to get used to, you know, the playing fast, the mentality and all that stuff of how Coach Bevel wanted us to play. But overall, I think we've really, we've really bought into it and we've really wanted to be successful. You know, the team wanted to be successful. And so we all together, as, as the 28 of us, you know, we all rounded up together and we decided, you know, this is going to be us. We're going to do whatever we need to do to still be that good team. You know, getting into the tournament, I think, was the biggest feat that we had to get through and winning those games. And so I think that, that it definitely did take a, a little bit of getting used to but now that we're in it, you know, everyone's bought in. It's, it's definitely been pretty good. I know you're focused on finishing up the season strong, Tara, but any thoughts about after graduation at Colgate? Uh, yes. So um, I'm a physics major here. And so kind of going off of what I wanted to do with physics, I have been applying to graduate school for mechanical engineering. And uh, last week I just decided that I'm going to be going to Columbia University, uh, their Food Foundation uh, School for Mechanical Engineering for the next two years. <laughs> Congratulations, Tara. Great Thank stuff you. from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and best Thank of luck you. the rest of the way. Thank you so much, Eric. That is Tara Atkinson, one of the stars for the Colgate women's lacrosse team on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. We continue to talk Colgate women's lacrosse on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Glad to welcome Liz Bevel once again to the show, the head coach of Colgate women's lacrosse. Coach, so what's this first year of you calling the shots been like? Well, it's certainly been uh, quite the journey, I would say. Uh, you know, again, it was a very unexpected opportunity that came about right at the beginning of the season to take over and lead this program, but it's been an awesome ride. Um, you know, we've had our ups and downs, but you know, the end of the season, going into playoffs and postseason, uh, we're doing all the right things on the field. And, you know, I told the girls that it might take us that long to, you know, start playing good and figure things out. But, you know, we're in a good spot for playoffs now. So I'm really happy with the way things have turned out. It's been a while since I talked to you last. So now that you have a lot of games under your belt, Coach, is being a head coach what you expected? All that I expected and more, just in terms of everything from the coaching to, you know, all the meetings that you have with your student-athletes the paperwork in the office and organizing and planning, scheduling, all that kind of fun stuff, the behind-the-scenes work, I think, you know, was a little more than I had anticipated, but uh, happy to take all of that on and, and lead this team to success this year. How is recruiting different as far as you're concerned? Yeah, recruiting actually, I would say, hasn't changed a ton. Um, it's a little bit difficult 
with having this interim tag on my name right now, especially going into the next few months as the job has been posted. But we actually did have two 2020 prospective student athletes who were interested and decided to commit to the program, kind of knowing that uh, there's a possibility that I may not be here in the fall. So I think that speaks to Colgate, um, and that makes my job as a recruiter easier because kids want to come here for the right reasons, which you're putting academics before your athletics. And I think that really speaks, again, to the school and the program that we have here, regardless of who the coach is. How did the team react to clinching a berth in the Patriot League tournament? We've been pretty excited about that. I think the girls, you know, we had a tough one against Army that possibly could have put us in a four seed to host a playoff game, but we're still plugging away and working hard every day at practice, and uh, we're really excited for the opportunity. It's, it's going to get figured out today who that, you know, three, four, and six seed are, and I think that's pretty exciting for the Patriot League to have it come down to the, the last games of the end of the regular season. Um, you know, and we've, we've been in this five spot for a while, but we feel like we you know, could very easily be one of those three or four seeds. So we're really excited about where we are in the tournament right now. I know it's always important on winning, Coach, but whether you win or lose against Lafayette, does that or could it have any bearing on the Patriot League tournament game? Do you need to win to carry momentum in to have success? Or if it's one of those things where you want to win, Coach, but you don't have to mm-hmm. necessarily in order to win the tourney game. Basically, Does momentum really matter all that much, or even with a loss against Lafayette, you guys could still get the job done in the Patriot League tournament? Yeah, again, I think a win is always important. I would say the biggest piece of that is that every day leading up to the tournament is a day to get better, and that's what we've kind of committed to, um, you know, after our game against Loyola and even leading up to Loyola, is how can we continue to get better? Uh, We've known we've had this playoff spot for a while, so each day we're trying to get better. So, if we go into the Lafayette game and we don't get better, it is going to hurt our momentum a little bit. Um, but again, even with a loss, there's always something that you learn from it. So, you know, we hope we can take care of business and carry some momentum over. I think that, you know, that's been a big um, kind of factor with our team this year. We, you know, we lost a couple in a row and then we went on a three-game win streak. And, you know, winning always helps you keep winning more. So that's how, you know, we're looking at Friday's game is that we just want to keep the winning going. And what positives do you take from the loss against nationally ranked Loyola, Maryland? Yeah, they were a great team. Uh, we actually had, you know, I was very happy with our first half. We were, you know, pretty even with draw controls and ground balls in the first half, and I think that that helped us stay in the game. So, you know, it means that our girls are fighting, and we showed up in the first half, which we struggled with all season. So, you know, again, while the score did not reflect, uh, you know, our our play or our effort, uh, you know, there are lessons to learn, and I think that playing Loyola when we did is a great confidence booster as well, just to know that if we can play with a team you know, who's at the top of the Patriot League, is a top-10 team in the country, that going into playoffs, we should be able to you know, make some noise and, and compete for you know, a Patriot League title. After a five-game losing streak, Coach, how was the team able to rebound and win four of the next seven? I think we just really focused on again, what I said earlier is getting better every day, um, is that going into postseason, you know, the girls 
kind of the future was in their hands. So had we continued to lose and not make the changes necessary to win the games, playoffs were not going to be a reality for our team. So I think that they bought into that a little bit more, um, you know, after some of those tough losses. And, you know, they had enough of that losing, and they decided to make the change on the field with their play and, um, you know, listening to the scout reports, things like that, and and make sure that we were going to have a spot in playoffs and clinch, you know, our playoff seed. With the switch, is it still a work in progress? The players getting to know your system, at least the finer points of it? Definitely. I think um, we're, we're still conditioning. You know, it's the last week of season and we're still running and doing a lot of fast-paced drills. And I think that's probably the biggest change that they've noticed and what I've heard of from previous years. But with the way that the game is and with the shot clock, it's, you know, fastest game on two feet. So we have to be fast in order to compete with the best of the best. And um, so I think they're still getting used to that a little bit, but it, it really was a, you know, pretty seamless transition, I would say. And it's just been an awesome experience for, I think, myself and for the girls as well. What skill set does Jacqueline Huey and CC Telesco possess to be able to contribute right away as freshmen? Cece's been doing awesome for us. She's come in and she's taking care of the ball. And I think that's you know, a big reason why we've kind of implemented her as we call it our runner um, on offense is she's she's coming in, she plays with speed, she has, you know, a pretty decent stick and she's she's finding the back of the net. And so that's been huge for us. And then Jacqueline Huey, I uh, can't say enough about her lacrosse IQ. She's our Canadian and they grow up playing box lacrosse and she knows the ins and outs of the game, so she's really able to offer a lot of her IQ to her teammates and to the coaching staff as well and, and contribute on the field. How's the health of the team right now hanging into the final games? We're definitely a little bit banged up, but I think the girls are going to push through, You know, knowing that this could be their last weekend of lacrosse, and I think they're going to leave everything on the field regardless of if they're battling any injuries. But uh, you know, it's been great to see other people step up kind of as the season has gone when injuries have come about and and we've had you know people take advantage of opportunities which is awesome to see coming out from halftime coach you've been really strong all year what do you attribute mm-hmm. that to you know I'm still trying to figure that out Eric I think um, you know we we get a little panicky in the beginning of games sometimes if things are not going our way if our shots are not falling or we you know we're not making stops on the defensive end I think we get down on ourselves a little bit because our players hold themselves to a really high expectation. Um, So I think it's just a change in their mentality, honestly. When they come out at halftime, they know that there's only 30 minutes left. So that's the only chance they have to get the job done. And uh, they're just, you know, they're getting it done, you know, most of the time for us, which is great. But um, we'd love to still kind of see those two halves be put together and have that confidence that we can win a game and handle anyone that we're going to go against um, and compete against in a first half as well. Last home game of the regular season was the breast cancer awareness game. What does the breast cancer awareness game mean to you, Liz? Yeah, the breast cancer awareness game was an awesome experience for our team and a great opportunity, obviously, to raise some money for the um, Susan G. Komen Foundation. Um, you know, again, we had Army out there in their pink socks and headband as well. My grandmother is a two-time survivor of breast cancer, and we have a lot of girls on the team who have family members or friends that have been affected by it. So I think it's just a great opportunity to play for something a little bit bigger than ourselves and, you know, 
know, just for our own personal reasons, it's an awesome way to bring awareness to that foundation. Coach, always nice talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, and best of luck against Lafayette and in the Patriot League tournament. Thanks so much, Eric. We really appreciate it. That is Colgate women's lacrosse coach Liz Bevel, and that will wrap up another Colgate Raider Report podcast. I want to say thank you to women's lacrosse and also thank you to Colgate softball. Talk to you soon on the Colgate Raider Report podcast.